This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the industry and we take it to the front lines to those that are making those changes in the industry. My name is Donnie Shelton owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pass as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital marketing services company for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, and Dan loves it when I introduce him this way, so I'm going to continue to do it, the highly esteemed, highly revered Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello? That's quite an introduction, as <laughs> usual. Thanks so much. Uh, it's Dan Gordon, and uh, we're PCO bookkeepers, PCO M&A specialists. I'll spare you all the services that we offer because we mention it every week. And um, so with that, let's get into uh, the topic today, which is uh, kind of an interesting one. Uh, how to improve the sales or how to improve sales in your office. So basically inside sales folks and, and uh, other uh, incentives and things like that. So um, that would be the uh, topic for today. And uh, we have a nice outline here that uh, we're going to work from. But um, the first point is it's all about the fundamentals well done. So explain yeah. that. Well, I will explain that, but I do have a small confession, and, and this is more for our listeners. Dan and I, um, we spend way too much time together, and we were just at a conference this week, and I got my feelings hurt a little bit. People were like, man, we love the podcast. Oh, by the way, I always fast forward through the introductions. <laughs> I heard that a couple of times. Yeah, I was great, like, but we fast forward. Uh, yeah, I just fast forward. Uh, commercials, right? So if you're one of those people that just fast forwarded, we're 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 just we're just so crushed. Just want you to know that. So no. <laughs> By the way, if anybody has any suggestions for new uh, music or anything else uh, to to start out, we we have been using the same uh, uh, recording since the beginning, I think, right? Or did we change yeah. it? No, we did not change it. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to spice it up a bit. I I don't know. Maybe I need to put a joke or something on the front. But no, Dan, you're right. Today we're talking about how to improve sales in the office and you know i thought it would be great if we started out just talking about the fundamentals and you know whenever i think about this i think about this even in my own business and you know sometimes folks think that because i talk about triangle that we we have it all figured out and that we don't make any mistakes and and that we are just way out in front and and there could be nothing further from the truth um the reality of it is is that you know if you can nail the fundamentals almost everything else is just icing on the cake. I mean, if you, you, you know, you think about like, if you're a person who's trying to lose weight, everyone knows, you know, yeah, it's eating less and, and moving more. Those are the fundamentals, but then people try to complicate it and do all these different things. And typically what they end up doing is more analysis paralysis than actual action. And I would say that is the case here with how to improve sales in the office. You know, the reality of it is, is that it's not that difficult to have a really good sales team in the office but you absolutely have to nail the fundamentals. I mean, if you look at some of the greatest coaches who have ever, you know, coached a sport, I'm thinking like, you know, John Wooden, the guy who got 10 NCAA, NCAA championships in 12 years, or Vince Lombardi or Tony Dungy, they all had a, an extreme focus on mastering the fundamentals. 
And so, you know, for me, you know, when we talk, when we get into this topic, I just don't want to lose sight of the fact that we're, we're talking about principles first, right? And the principles are nail the fundamentals, consistently nail the fundamentals, and that's what's going to give you a rock star inside sales team. And so I went through and kind of, and I should say we, not just I, Dan and I collaborated on this, but we kind of went through like, what are the five basics, right? What are the fundamentals? And so we want to talk about that on this on this podcast and in this episode. And so before we get into the fundamentals, anything you want to add to principles here, Dan, that we just covered? So Vince Lombardi is my favorite um, inspirational coach and some of the, uh, you know, some of the the, the, the snippets uh, that, that you listen to, but my favorite is when he walks in and he just goes, what the hell is going on here? That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no owners ever walk into the office and say that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, you know, it That's is kind funny. of funny, though, because, I mean, you know, Lombardi, Wooden, and even Dungeon, none of them had like these esoteric or, you know, new age strategies. They just really did the fundamentals well. So. So let's get into these five basics. You know, the first thing that I think that any fundamental, you know, when it comes to improving sales in the office, I think the very first fundamental that you absolutely have to nail is that you got to plug all the holes. And what I mean by that is that, you know, most offices, most people will get a website um, form submit and they, you know, that gets recorded. They may get a text, they may get an email, they may get someone talking to them on social. You know, there may be multiple ways that your office is being contacted. And even so, you know, when you think about that, the question becomes, is all of that recorded? And Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but why is it so well, well, important? Before to... you do that, I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned website, text, email, social, but didn't mention telephone, which is I know. the... No, it is the number one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, okay. Dan, for that for that public hanging. But yes, you are correct. No it is public. Yes, <laughs> I thought there was a reason for it. But, uh, There's not. No. Okay. Uh, so how did you want to put me on the spot? So what I'm asking is, is that, you know, when you think about, like, why is it so important to plug all of your holes? Why do you think that is? And I'm, I'm having fun with Dan, by the way, if, if everyone hasn't figured this out. And... I I mean, the, the, quite honestly, uh, you know, you've you've got uh, marketing, which brings in all the leads and sales, which sells all the leads or, or converts all the leads. But you, in order for sales to work, you've got to have the input. You've got to have the website, the text, the phone, the email, the social. And you've got to have that down. It's kind of interesting when... Uh, a couple of years ago for digital and many years ago for yellow pages and whatnot, uh, leads didn't cost that much. So wasting them wasn't that big a deal, but now they cost quite a bit. And so um, you can't just leave that form fill out there or, you know, the text unanswered or whatnot. In, in addition, you've got reviews and everything else. So, um, you know, you, you, you need to have your as they say, you need to have your poop in a pile, right? And, and, right. and get all of this, um, you know, um, get all the infrastructure so that your salespeople can jump on it. That's and, my, know, yeah. And, and it's 100% correct. And, and, you know, when we get here and we're, we're talking about this first fundamental, first of all, this, this list of five that we're going to go through, these five basics, 
they need to be done. They're actually in order in what I would consider to be the order that you should approach improving the sales in your office. Now, I'm sure I'm going to say this and someone's going to be like, well, this is basic, Donnie. Of course, you need to plug all the holes. But my guess is that if you spend a little time looking through what's really happening, how much is getting recorded and how much of that is making it to your customer account, most likely you're going to find a gap. I've seen, you know, I've gone into people's offices and even if you are recording it and you're capturing it, like what's really happening with it. I mean, you know, if someone calls in and says, well, how much is your, you know, your pest program? And a person says, oh, it's, you know, I don't know, hundred bucks a month. Okay. Have a good day. Click. Right. The, the reality of it is, is that the reason that you want to plug all of the holes is because you need to establish some sort of baseline. If you don't have a baseline, any inputs you put in the, into the system, you have no idea what kind of output that produces because you have no baseline, right? You have no standard to measure against. And so step number one in my mind is let's get everything recorded. Let's establish a baseline. Let's know what our norm is so that I know that as I start, you know, pulling levers and pushing buttons, what's going to happen and what kind of impact it absolutely has. And so, so most people call this omni-channel, right? And the idea behind this is that no matter how a customer, whatever channel a customer uses to contact you, you've got a way of responding to them on that channel and you capture it. They don't fall through the cracks. And so what are some omni-channel tools that you've seen, Dan, out on the market that you've seen people implement or you, that you think is or is a pretty good way or a good place to start for most companies? Well, so the routing softwares are you know, I mean, if in a perfect world, they would be your C, uh, CRMs. But like for our accounting firm, we use Salesforce. Um, you know, um, we've seen, you know, uh, call tracking metrics and their dashboards. Uh, clients use that. Fresh Death, I think you're using. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think really it's it. you've got to have a good repository for your leads and um, how those leads are handled and everything else. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. But um, like I said, Salesforce works great for us. Um, yeah. But again, if you have a, a an independent CRM, there's just another database that you have to, you know, comb through and compare to your uh, other databases. So the fewer, the better. But I, I I'd love to say one would be good, but um, in most instances at this point in, you know, um, the, the evolution of computers in our industry, I don't think it's that realistic, although it should be, but I don't know why it's not. Yeah. And, and the reality of it is, is that a lot of omni-channel tools out there are hideously complex. They're very difficult. You know, I mean, you've got to have implementers and, and software people put it all together and hook it in. but you know, this can be done. I, I agree with you, Dan. It can be done, I think, with all the CRMs that we have in our industry. You could put something like CTM on top of it or, you know, some other tracking platform, phone tracking platform, and you could capture this. But, but the main thing here and your goal is, is that phone calls, form submits, texts, emails, as well as social contacts all get flipped through, um, all get counted and all flow through to your customer account. So, all right, so let's talk about, so that's kind of the first thing. So so step number one, you know, basic number one is plug your holes. Basic number two is to record everything. Now, 
This one can be eye-opening, and I'm sure a lot of folks are doing it, but like I said before, if you if you think you're doing a fundamental well, oftentimes if you go back and just look and try, you, you oftentimes will find holes. Dan and I, right before we started recording, was talking about a gap I found in Triangle yesterday. But, but you know, at Triangle, I know for us, our rule number one, and, and we've had this since I started, it's a rule number one in customer experience, and that is, I don't want a customer to have to tell us something more than once. So for example, if a customer says, hey, my dog Fido, you know, he he is out back and, and this is how you lock the gate, whatever. The fact is, is that if you're really, really good in customer experience, customer tells someone something one time, they don't have to repeat themselves. And we all know what that conversation was all about. Um, so, you know, when I talk about record everything, that means conversations, that means, you know, form submits, that means phone calls, that means text, that means everything else. And making sure that that conversation ties back to your customer account in the CRM. And, you know, this has been a huge, huge challenge in the past. In fact, I would say it was almost impossible to do this before. But, you know, now almost every CRM that I'm aware of in our industry has APIs. And so this is possible. Dan, have you seen anyone who has a pretty slick setup where they're able to do this rule number one, where they, you know, there's one conversation and everything flows back and, and just off the top of your head, I know that you see a lot of companies. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I actually, you know, without giving you kudos, I guess we, the, the first time I heard about it uh, was uh, a triangle because of the closed loop marketing and how all that works and how everything gets, uh, recorded and, and, and set up. And, and by the way, one of the things with record everything, uh, easier said than done, because when you record everything, that means you have to listen to everything. And that takes a lot of time. Mm, yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, um, but but yeah, so so I think that that uh, you guys are getting it. And I think that there's been, you know, um, you know, I think that that a lot of the the, uh, the uh, routing software companies are are understanding that they need to open up their APIs wider so that the people can, um, you know, uh, information in and out. And so, um, but I think that um, as we evolve, it's going to become more and more important because cost per leads are going to go up, up, up. So in order to remain efficient, that means your closing percentage needs to go up, up, up to keep the cost per sale down. So you need right. all every advantage that you can get um you know to keep that down which means using all of these tools right and and so you know what this looks like in terms of implementation is is number one you need to set up your omni-channel right whatever that is whatever form that is if it's ctm sitting on top of your your crm you know your, and i hate to keep using these acronyms and we could just have so much fun with that but but the reality of it is it's like okay i'm gonna have some software where I'm going to plug all the holes. I'm going to make sure that how, no matter how anyone contacts my company, I'm going to log it and I'm going to record it. The second thing that you need to set up is an integration with your CRM. You know, getting all the holes filled, recording everything means nothing if you can't access that information quickly and within context. You know, at Triangle, and again, I, I don't want to give anyone an impression that we've got everything figured out here when I say this, but you know, one of the nice things that we have done is that when you pull up a customer account, you're going to see 
every email, every text, every phone call, and you can recreate that because I don't know about you, Dan, but, and I know you used to have a company, but we never get phone calls that say, well, I didn't say that. I said this, right? And the technician says, oh no, <laughs> you know, so it's great to be able to recreate that. And so you want to make sure that you have context with that data, you know, with the recorded calls. And so I would say step number two, you know, step one is set up your omni-channel. Number two is get the integration set up. And then step number three is to wire it all together so that all these customer interactions are making it to the customer account. So, so, so what, so what are you talking about? Let's, let's kind of, okay. So let's say you have pest routes or pest pack or serve suite or whatever. Right. And let's say that you also have, um, CTM, which is called tracking metrics, right? Call yep. tracking metrics is a, is a, a, a kind of a CRM in itself, but it's also a phone system, right? So people call in and uh, you can put it in the dashboard. And then, so there has to be some sort of bridge to put the information and right. grab the information from call tracking metrics to put it into your pest pack, pest route search suite, whatever, right? Yeah. Yep. That, that's what you're doing. And how is that done? Who who does that? Can you call pest pack or pest routes or serve suite? Can you call CTM? Or do you need to hire an outside programmer? Or do you need to try and pull it off yourself, which I okay. don't really so, suggest. Based on so that. ladies and gentlemen, I promise you this is not pre-coordinated, but Dan, it, it, I'll give I'll send you a check after us. No, the reality of it is, is that at Colmarch, we actually have a solution to do this. You don't have to use Colmarch. We have a thing called Call Scripts, and we have a platform um, that you can, you, it's already done, right? These these integrations are already done. This platform's already set up and it's, you know, and it's actually set up for the pest and lawn industries. But but the fact is, is that I would not attempt this. I would not attempt this alone. You know, I would just engage with a company. It doesn't have to be Colmarch, right? It could be anyone, but but the reality of it is, again, I'm talking fundamentals here. Um, there there are other companies out there that can do this, and, and and I'm sure now that their APIs are opening up on the CRMs, there won't be more. Um, but you know, we have you know software at Colmarch that, that can be implemented that can do this. You know, and, and and quite frankly, it's actually great for Colmarch because it allows us to do our job better. When we have that kind of visibility, we know what's working, what's not working. We can tune up the campaigns fairly easily. But I would say, you know, getting back to your question, it's it is CTM. It is integration with your CRM, and there needs to be a person who sets all that up. You know, the setup is not terribly difficult, but it's certainly not something that I would attempt on my own, for sure. And why would you? If someone's already got it figured out, why reinvent the wheel? A lot easier just to hire someone to come in and do it. So, all right. Um, and just going back to your question, just to finish this out, you know, once you have this call platform, whatever it is, you know, this omni-channel set up, Oftentimes it, it, it creates a ton of data. Uh, and when you look at things like CTM, you know, they use things like Amazon Web Services, like these phone calls get pushed out, but the link to that phone call gets pushed to the customer account. And that's how you're able to recreate all of that. And I think those are, you know, making it so that the data that you're capturing is easy to access and it has context to it. That's what matters, you know, collecting all the data. And, and you kind of said this earlier, Dan, which is now you got to go through all of it. And I kind of look at that like GPS tracking, you know, it generates so much data. It's overwhelming to try to like make it useful, but making it, you know, where it's in context, that's what really, really matters. So, all right. So step one, plug the holes. Step two, record everything and push it to the customer account. Step three, and this is the fun one, you know, improving sales in your office. 
is actually coach your staff. Um, Dan, have you ever heard anyone say something really stupid over the phone? Not even once, never. <laughs> <Not even. laughs> so I, I'll tell you, I, uh, I called in, this is going to sound such like a first world problem, and I'm sure I'm going to make a lot of listeners tear up when I tell this story. But, you know, a couple, I guess it was last week, I got really ticked off at my car wash place that I go. They have me on some monthly subscription or whatever. And it's still, you know, it's the one where you get in and your car goes through it and yada, 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 whatever. Pay a monthly fee. Well, every time I showed up, the thing was broken or it was closed. And so finally I'm like, all right, I'm just going to call and cancel. So I think I might have told this story in the last podcast, right? I, I, I call and it says, hey, go to the website. You know, we can't answer the phone, go to the website. And so then I go to the website and the website says, oh, this is coming soon. So I couldn't cancel. So finally, I just kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. Finally get through. And the guy's like, yeah, what's your what's your car number? And, you know, yeah, yeah. All right, done. Have a good day. Click. Now, is that a sales function? Well, I have a question for you. Did you get a bill from them? To, I mean, did they, did they really cancel you or uh, did they just get you off the phone? Well, the jury is out. He looked me up okay. and he asked questions that made me think that he was at least looking at where I was at. So who knows? I don't know. I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> uh, that's but, so. So, you know, I, I don't know a lot about the car wash business, although I'm told that it's very lucrative. But if you do, if you call Orkin, or Terminex, or any of the big boys, or anybody who's got their 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 stuff together, and you want to cancel, you're pushed right to a cancel specialist who is their their uh, you know their job description is to do everything they can within their power to to save you because you know how much leads cost, you know how much uh, uh, sales costs, and uh, so to to just answer the phone and say, yeah, sure, I mean, it must be nice to have that many customers where you can do that, but uh, probably um, probably not good for the customer experience and or the I, reviews. I was very surprised. I mean, it wasn't even like, hey, you know, we, what's going on? Or, you know, can we, you know, can we make it right? Like nothing, like it was like, it was a job that person and i'm sure if the owner had heard it or you know the owner would have had something to say but the fact is is that you know you have to train and coach your staff and that really is kind of step three and and that's why i say you want to look at these fundamentals these principles in order because number one is you've got to plug all the holes number two you got to make sure everything gets recorded and gets pushed to an account once you have that infrastructure now things get very very interesting you know, I, uh, Jack Welch, you know, pretty controversial CEO, but very, very um, successful. You know, he used to talk about this concept of public hangings. And I would be lying if I did not say that at Triangle, we will do a public hanging from time to time. We have scripts for cancellations. We have scripts for sales. We have scripts pretty much for everything. And, you know, that doesn't mean that someone is sitting on the phone like, hello, my name is Donnie. No, they're not doing that. But there's a general outline that should be followed. And the goal here is, is that when someone takes a call, they stay in control of the call and they walk the customers through whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. And oftentimes it's selling them a service, but you have to you have to really pay attention and stay in control of the call because otherwise you could spend 40 minutes selling one pest account. And when you spend that much time, you know, you're missing other sales. And so we would find folks, especially when once we put this all in, who would talk to a customer for 30 minutes and then not sell them anything. And so, you know, when we would have our normal sales meeting in the office, it would be a public hanging. We'd pull that call up and we'd, we'd listen to it as a team and say, what happened here? 
And of course, no one likes having their call be the example of how we can improve. But the reality of it is, is that when you can do training with a real call, with a real inside salesperson and a real customer, that is extremely valuable training. You know, you can have people read books, you can have them go through these classes. And, but at, at the end of the day, the training that really matters is where you see someone using your system and how well they use that system and then coaching them on, on how to get better. Whatever your you know, script is, whatever system that you have. But, but the fact is, is that when you have that ability to, you know, you absolutely must coach your staff. You have to listen to some of those calls. Um, I've seen it, at least at Triangle, and I've seen it at other companies that when people start recording calls, and they start listening to calls in sales meetings when the entire office is there, everyone kind of, you know, they all kind of take it up a notch. They all take it up a level. Um, and, you know, I'll take it back to you, Dan. Have you seen someone who does inside sales coaching pretty well? And if so what were they doing? So we had Pat, Pat Quigley, Patrick Quigley on our, uh, on our uh, podcast a while back, but he's, he's very good. I, I, so basically what what you'll do is you'll put one of your salesmen or salespeople or or a group of them uh, together with him and he'll actually listen to calls with you coach you through it and i've seen him make tremendous breakthroughs uh with you know everybody in their company has that technician or that csr who you say geez you know they if they got a little bit of sales training they'd be really good and and, and that's where uh, they can make a difference. We actually have a client who, one of the inside guys who was there for a couple of years, you know, he's making a decent living and whatnot. And Patrick said, uh, why don't you make this guy a sales guy? Because, you know, they had CSR training. Well, that guy sold about $600,000 last year just because of the coaching and because of the back and forth and, uh, um, you know, um, um, monitoring what he was doing and adjusting. So, uh the, the scripts, yeah, you don't want them to be robotic, but um, you definitely, uh, you know, there's a roadmap through a phone call or through a, uh, a customer interaction that you got to follow. And uh, so uh, Pat's one of them. There are other sales trainers out there. I've heard Sandler pretty good. And, and right. Whatnot. Not sure what yep. you're using. We do. We use Sandler uh, and we kind of have our own. I mean, we went through several books, but, you know, the other thing that I would say to this is that saving an account is selling. <laughs> People forget that. They think that, you know, a customer calls in to cancel. You've got to sell them on the idea of why they shouldn't cancel. I mean, and so this whole idea of like, you know, number one, plug your holes. Number two, record everything. Number three is coaching and how important it is that you train your team and that it's it's not a one-time thing. It's not a once a quarter thing. Like every single week, you should be doing some sort of training, whether it be in customer service or sales. And we do this at Triangle. And a lot of these, um, <clears throat> a lot of these call platforms have a thing called Whisper Talk, where you could even listen into a call that, say, maybe a new salesperson, new CSR, is fielding a call, and, and they're, and they're, you know, they're talking to the customer, and they can talk to that person on the phone without the customer hearing them. And so it's just a, you know, the, the reality of it is, there's tons of sales training out there. Patrick is absolutely a great resource. And Patrick, if you're listening, we'll, we will we will send you a bill. No, I'm joking. He he has no clue that we're we're advocating for him, but he actually is pretty good. There's books out there. Um, there's you know consultants that you can use. I personally think the biggest thing that you could do that makes the most um, the most progress out the gate is role playing and listening to calls. I think doing that is one of the most best ways that you can coach your staff. So. 
All right, so plug the holes, record everything, and then coach your staff. So number four, and this one is all over the map, but this is what I believe, is I think you should split duties. You know, a lot of times, <clears throat> you know, you think about technicians, and I fought this for years. Really, really good technicians, generally speaking, I'm not saying in all cases, but generally speaking, are not very good salespeople. They're just not. I would apply that to CSR as well. CSRs who are really, really good CSRs are typically not very good salespeople. So, and you know, the reason that is, is because when you think about it, a technician, adding more customers to a technician really means it's almost like a pain in the butt for them, right? And same thing for CSRs. And so generally speaking, they're not very motivated to, you know, sell a ton. But, you know, for a salesperson, customers are money. And so, you know, when you think about roles, you know, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, Dan, but, you know, we finally stopped fighting that fight. And what we did is we made technicians, technicians and salespeople, salespeople, and our technicians started turning the leads to our, to our salespeople. And lo and behold, we started closing more business. I have now since done the same thing in the office. CSRs don't sell. If a CSR takes a call, they give it to a salesperson because a salesperson cares about people more usually. And then you understand that customers are money. So have you seen in your experience, Dan, have you seen folks who've split this out? I, I know at Triangle, this is exactly what we do. And that's I mean, very well. what, what is really kind of takes a company to, to the next level. If you're a small company and you think you've got one or two people in the office and they can do everything, well, they can't. And if you create a job description for an inside salesperson that, you know, they're answering the phone, they're making outbound calls and that they're a good piece of their uh, compensation is based on the performance or the sales. Right. So that said, um, you know, that person needs to be dialed in. And once you make that move, because at first it's it's a financial commitment. Right. There's another employee where, where you know. Uh, you know, I could have them do bank deposits and all the rest of the stuff while they answer the phone and save some money. But if you have a person who's totally dedicated, and I love the inside sales model, especially, you know, as technology uh, uh, gets better and better, you know, we've got clients who sell Centricon or, or baiting over the phone because they, you know, they look at, there's different, um, you know, satellite uh, um, you know, where, where they can measure the, the, the linear footage of the house so that they can do that. Um, and, and so that said, if you have one outside inspector where there's a big problem and you can't identify it over the phone, that's fine. But I love inside sales and a lot of inside salespeople will uh, blow up the numbers of an outside salesperson because they're sitting there taking calls all day long as opposed to driving from house to house or, or right. customer to customer. So. Yep. Yep. And, you know, your point about you know, my other point of that is, is at a CSR, you know, again, they have a lot of technical things to do. There's there's other priorities. And, you know, talking to a person when they're super busy or feeling stressed because they've got other things to do within the office by default is going to make them less of a salesperson. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you want people who are people focused. That's salespeople. And who know the discipline of sales? They know how to read people. And so, you know, I have said this multiple times, you know, sales is not complicated, uh, but it is a discipline. And, you know, when you have someone who's doing it all, it just doesn't work over the long term. So, 
All right. So the thing that, that you see just before you do that is yeah. that your CSR, who you've got a bunch of tasks that they have to do, do the deposits, do, you know, post the tickets, do whatever. They have to get that done every day. And that's what their focus is. And sometimes the customer becomes a pain in the neck uh, yep. because, you know, by five o'clock, I've got to have all of this stuff done. And, you know, that's what they're focused on as opposed to making the sale. So, yep. So again, I keep re I keep reviewing this, but I just have to do it because it's just my personality. But number one, plug all the holes. Number two, record everything. Three, coach everyone. Four, split out who are you know people who are selling and people who are doing you know office tasks. And then number five, and this is our final one, and I think this is probably the most exciting one. At least it has been for us at Triangle. We had a lot of success with this this past year, and it's actually something I learned from Lon, and that is start an outbound team. If you're not doing this, or if you think you can't afford this, I am going to say something pretty provocative here. I don't think you can afford not to do it. When when I look across our leads and how much they cost and our ROI on what it costs us to generate a lead versus what we get out, our outbound team outperforms every freaking lead source there is. So Digital, just, to, just to just to um, clarify, we're not talking about cold calling, cold lists. That's okay. right. What That's exactly right. Yeah. So what we're talking about here is that every service notification is an opportunity. Every unsold lead is an opportunity. Every cancellation is an opportunity. You know, every lead that a technician turns in is an opportunity. The reality of it is, is that when you have an out, outbound sales team, now you can get very, very good at, you know, extracting the maximum amount of sales from what you currently have. And that's what makes it so cheap. I mean, how much does it cost you to follow up and make a phone call from something that a technician saw at a customer's house? You know, extremely cheap. And that's, you know, so my point here is, is that, we had a lot of trepidation about starting outbound team. We've been at it now for about three years. Um, but, you know, once we kind of saw that, you know, if it's done properly, that this person pays for themselves four or five times over, I became a huge fan. And, <clears throat> you know, the reality of it is, is that you you should always be doing something. You know, we, we talk about we have we call it the ladder at Triangle, which is every customer should be going to the next step in terms of services that we offer. We offer pest, we offer lawn, we offer termite. So if it's a pest customer, the next step is termite. If it's pest and termite, next step is mosquito. If they're pest termite mosquito, now the next step is lawn. And so there's always something to sell. And so there's nothing wrong with an outbound call that says, hey, you know, Mrs. Smith, we're coming out to do your pest and termite. Hey, by the way, I noticed that you don't have mosquito service. You know, are you aware that we have, you know, X, Y, and Z, we have this special, this. Oh, oh, by the way, do you, do you have any issues with your lawn? Did you know that we also have a lawn division? And so this whole idea of just making sure that you have an outbound team that can do that, because much like what Dan said, when you have a CSR, you even have an inbound team, when you get busy, this is the first thing that drops off. You know, when you're like in the wintertime or there's not a whole lot going on, I think people are typically pretty good about calling their customers, but this is the very first thing that drops off there. And so um, have you seen someone, I mean, and obviously I don't, I'm not asking you to use triangle here, but someone or a company that you've seen that does this very, very well, Dan? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, 
there's an evolution of 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 your business, right? When you start, you're you're doing trying to do everything to everyone, and 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 you know you're in survival mode and whatnot. And then you start to break off and 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 determine, you know, maybe you go to the seminars, maybe you read books, um, you know, whatever. And so you break off in terms of uh, departments and uh, how you're going to do, um, you know, how you're going to handle different things. But but those companies that excel, those companies that really grow nicely, both profitably and uh, revenue wise, you know, are you know, it's all about sales, right? And and if you think about the most uh, the the highest growth companies in the industry, it's all about sales. That's what they do. That the door to door companies, right? It's it, it's sales mm-hmm. from 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 A to Z. But if you get those sales, obviously, in different topic for a different day, you've got to be able to handle it operationally and make sure that you make the customer happy. So. And I've seen this in, you know, outside of door to door, you know, and the very first person that comes on mind on this one is actually Bobby Jenkins. You know, Dan and I were down at his place, I guess, probably a couple of years ago. It was pre-COVID. And he has a fantastic team that does this extremely well, you know, and, and we'll call. And obviously, Bobby has I don't know how many services he's up to now. And Bobby, if you're listening, maybe you can just text us or let us know. But last check, I think we were at 18 or 19. So. There's a lot there, right? But the fact is, is that even if you're kind of a traditional lawn company or you're a traditional pest company, I guarantee you there's a large percentage of customers in your database that could take an additional service that you offer. Um, I think the main thing is, is just having that faith and taking that leap of hiring someone and creating this position. And there's some tools out there that can help keep that person very, very busy all, you know, all year long. I mean, at Triangle, we have lists and we have auto dialers, and it's as simple as, hey, we want to look at this segment of customers who are not taking mosquito. Okay, we're going to do a mosquito campaign. And you load up the auto dialer, and it's out there, you know, basically doing all the dialing and queuing up that outbound salesperson. So they are literally on the phone. You know, we're maximizing their time on the phone. And, you know, you could look at CTN. There's other call platforms out there that can do this. Um, but but the reality of it is, is that you utilize that person just as effective as you would a technician. You would make sure that, you know, we call it screen time uh, in a truck, but, you know, it's just basically dead time where they're actually not on the phone with the customer because you want to maximize that time that they're talking. Um, so there's the, 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 um, the revenue per customer is, a, is a, an extremely uh, important metric to look at. It's, it's, it's kind of difficult in a lot of the, in the routing software to, to, to glean it, but, you know, if, if, I take lawn care because it, it's so competitive in the marketing, right? So you do all of these direct mailers, right? And maybe it might cost you $300 per sale or $250 a sale. And for a, a, a small home, that that might be 100% of revenue, right? So you can't make money doing that. Even if that service recurs, you have to sell add-ons. You have to raise the bar and make that revenue per customer. Five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollars, and that's how you make money. You, you can't, you, 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 especially, you know, we see it in lawn care because the cost per leads are or cost per sale is high, and the annualized value of the service, if on a on a small postage stamp, um, you know, uh, home, which there are a lot of communities that are built like that on purpose, um, you know, in order to make it work, you've got to get that revenue per customer up. Yep, absolutely. 100 percent. 
Well, folks, you did it. You spent another time, our episode with Dan and I, and I hopefully you found this helpful. You know, again, just recapping here, you know, how to improve sales in the office. You know, we, we, we started off with talking about the principles, right? And the principles are number one is master the fundamentals, be very, very consistent at the fundamentals. And that's how you get a, you know, a, a really rock solid sales team inside your office. And it's, you know, for, we covered the five basics. I'm sure there's some other ones, but you know, you know, step one is plug all your holes. Number two is record everything. Three, make sure you're coaching your staff. Four, split it out so salespeople are salespeople and CSRs are CSRs. And then fifth is, you know, once you've got all that done, then it's time to start looking at that outbound team and really leveraging them. And I would say this list is in order. Um, you know, you don't have to implement it in that order. That's how I did it. It makes the most sense. But the fact is, if you start an outbound team or you start splitting out duties and you're not recording everything or you're not logging everything, you're not going to know how effective or how well it's working or how to improve. And so anyway, with that, Dan, any parting thoughts before we finish out here? I think that's it. I think uh, it, it it's a great uh, topic. And it's um, if you plan to grow your company, um, you really need to understand the whole sales process. Right. So, uh, you know, we've covered marketing in prior, um, you know, episodes. We've covered operations, but uh, sales, extremely important. You can spend all the money on marketing, bring them in. But if you can't convert them, you're just wasting your money. Well, just a reminder, everyone, that all of the resources and topics that we talk about, as well as some show notes, are up on pmpindustryinsider.com. And as always, I say this at the end of every episode, but I'm going to say it again. Dan and I are highly compensated for the podcast, which means we don't make anything at all. But we do consider reviews and ratings and those types of things as kind of putting some tips in the tip jar. And with that, I'm signing off. Everyone have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.